with me this evening and we will turn to the book of Nehemiah this evening. Nehemiah and chapter number 8. Nehemiah chapter 8. Uh, we're get, as we get closer to revival, I want to um, just bring our minds and attention to this matter. And uh, the book of Nehemiah, really, uh, we find um, a revival taking place. If you remember the history up to this point, uh, the temple has been built. The walls have yet to be built. And uh, in fact, if you were here this past Wednesday, we, we were in the book of Haggai together. And the Bible speaks of their building of the temple and their uh, falling away from having done so. And yet uh, the prophet coming to them and directing them to do so. Well, in the book of Nehemiah, we find the walls be, that were built around the city being built. And um, in chapter 8, we find uh, the walls are now completed. They are now finished. And we find um, the man Ezra in the book of Nehemiah. Uh, Ezra, as, as we know to be the book of the Bible, is reading the word of God to the people. And tonight I want you to notice the response of the people at this time as they hear Ezra the, the, the scribe reading uh, from the word of God and how the people responded at this time. Verse 1 of Nehemiah chapter 8. The word of God says, And all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate. And they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. And Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women, and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month. And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate, from the morning until midday, before the men and the women, and those that could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law. And Ezra the scribe stood upon a pulpit of wood, which they had made for the purpose. And beside him stood Matthiah, and Shema, and Aya, and Uriah, and Hekiah, and Messiah. And on his right hand, and in his left hand, uh, Padiah, and Mishael, and Mekelah, and Hashem, and Hashbadana, and Zechariah, and Meshulam. And don't ask me to read those again. Verse 5. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed the Lord, uh, the, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, with lifting up their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Uh, look over in verse number 8. The Bible says, So they read the book in the law of God distinctly and gave the sense, and caused them to understand the reading. And Nehemiah, which is the Tershartha, and Ezra, the priest, the scribe, and, uh, and the Levites, uh, that taught the people, said unto all the people, This day uh, is holy unto the Lord your God. Mourn not, nor weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Um, look over in verse 12, uh, 10, rather. And he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink the sweet, and send portions unto them, for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord, neither be ye sorry. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites stilled all the people, saying, Hold your peace, for the day is holy, neither be ye grieved. 
And all the people went their way to eat and drink and send portions and to make great mirth because they had understood the words that were declared unto them. Look at verse 1 of chapter 9. The Bible says, Now in the twenty and fourth day of this month the children of Israel were assembled with fasting and with sackcloth and earth upon them. And the seed of Israel separated themselves from all the strangers and stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of their fathers. And they stood up in their place and read the book of the law of the Lord, their God, one fourth part of the day, and another fourth part they confessed and worshipped the Lord their God. We find in this passage of scripture uh, the people, the children of Israel at this time, having a proper response to the word of God. Uh, before we would look even closer at their response, notice the place of this reading uh, that, is, that is happening. The Bible says it was at verse 1, at the water gate. And it was, uh, do I know exactly what took place at this? I do not. But this would uh, uh, very likely have been the place of the washing and the cleansing of um, of uh, the, the, even the sacrifices and even the fresh water supplies would be obtained here. All of the cleansing and watering of things took place at the water gate, thus being called the water gate. And uh, we find uh, in much of a very spiritual sense that a, a cleansing, a, a place of cleansing is where we as God's people must be gathering together as. And, and it is the house of God that must be a place of uh, that water gate where we are spiritually cleansed, where we would come to to receive that cleansing. And it is uh, at this point in time that we see uh, God beginning to do a work within their life. The person who's reading, as we've said, is Ezra the prophet. And uh, the purpose of this reading in many ways is traditional in much of the sense. And I just have this within my notes. Um, uh, they, they, um, every seven years, the children of Israel would have a public reading of the law. And uh, this law gave instructions of their religious ceremonial duties. It gave instructions concerning the sacrifices, the priesthood, um, other days that were, they were to observe, and the commands that the people uh, were given by God to be separated from idols and other nations. It was really much of a review of, of the law itself, which God had given to them, which they knew uh, the, uh, already, but was read yet again. And we see their response to these things uh, in the Word of God. And the first of their response is with a, an anticipation. An anticipation of the Word of God. Uh, in verse 3, the Bible says, The people gathered themselves together as one man. Uh, they congregated together in unity together with the desire and intent to hear God's Word uh, being read and with the readiness to receive what God had for them. As we come to these revival meetings, this is the type of heart and mind preparation that we must have before God, that we come with expectancy, that we congregate together with the intent to receive what God has for us. The Bible says not only did they congregate, but they concentrated. In verse 3, the Bible says, "...in the ears of the people were attentive unto the book of the law." They gave a specific listening ear. They turned off the distractions which were around them. They turned off the distractions within their schedule, and they designated a listening ear to God's Word. Uh, they congregated, they concentrated, but they also considered the things which were said. The Bible says in verse 5, And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. I take this to, to, uh, to mean there was a respect for the Word of God. 
when God's word was open, they gave such an attention to his word that they were so ready to receive what God had for them. Oh, that God would allow us, would prepare us in such a way for these upcoming meetings that we would have the same intended desire to congregate, to concentrate, and to consider uh, all that is given. Um, this, is, this is not um, just any set of meetings. This is with an intended week that God would do a special work within our hearts. Amen? This is with an intended desire that as we would come, that God would speak to us and revive us. As I've already said, God's intent for a reviving is not for the non-Christian. When we say revival, revival is for the Christian. That we would be revived from a spiritual death to a now a new life in its sense. A now reminder of that which we are to put to death and now being revived for God. You see, a, a, someone who is already spiritually dead, that is, they've never received Christ, cannot be revived because they're, they're dead. But the reviving is a stirring up, a bringing back into uh, energy what God's Word tells us we are to do. And so uh, we find them with a listening ear, with a desire and intent to come and make a consideration of what God has given. They anticipated God's Word. I would, I would challenge you and encourage you, we come to this set of meetings, get a notebook. If you're not in the habit of taking notes, at least take me, notes during this meeting. Make a specific goal to get something out of the week. And the purpose of these notes is not to necessarily help you pay better attention, but to be a matter of review to look back. If you intend, and I hope that you do, to be out for every night during our revival meetings, uh, that's a lot of preaching. And to say that you're honestly going to remember exactly what he spoke on each night without going back to reconsider them again or review them again in your mind, uh, you, you have to be a pretty good person to do so because I have to go back and review myself and um, prepare for these meetings with anticipation. Be ready to receive what God has for you. Bring a pen, bring a notebook, bring bring people with you, and uh, come letting God speak to your heart. The Bible tells us that they anticipated the Word of God, uh, but they also answered the Word of God. In verse 6, the Word of God says, And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, with lifting up their hands, and they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Uh, there is a stirring, we find, first of the, of the people. They are Stirred in excitement. You ever uh, go to a professional ball game or a college ball game, or if you haven't watched any of those ball games, there's one thing that can be heard outside of the, uh, you know, um, all all of the announcements that are given and in, in the instruction given or, uh, um, of the playing of the game. But you can hear in the background all the fans, the the crowd roaring, as we would say. They're all cheering. There's a lot of commotion that's taking place. And this is in much of the very way of the response that the children of Israel are having. They're standing up. They're saying amen. They're praising the Lord for what, for what is happening. For the word of God is it's being read. Uh, I'm not saying that you, we have to, you know, start... You know, turning circles and uh, running around with flags and, you know, making laps in the, in the auditorium. Uh, but let's get excited. Let's come before the Word of God with such an anticipation and, and ready to answer the Word of God as He would speak to us. The people are stirred and we find them having a clear understanding of what God had told them to do. Uh, we see in verse 8, 
The Bible says, so they read the book of the law distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. And we find that understanding also uh, that was given to them in verse 7. They understood the word of God. Um, it's Sometimes a full understanding of God's word is taking the time to meditate on it. And as the, as the preaching would be given during this week of revival meetings, as God would hopefully be stirring your heart, a true understanding of it is taking the time to think upon it. And then yet further, now you're putting, in, putting it into action. Now you're putting it into action. And so they answered the word of God. And we find them under conviction in verse 9. The Bible says, For all the people wept. Uh, when they heard the words of the law. And their, their response was that of weeping. It was a sign that they saw what they had done wrong and they were ready to make a change. Uh, tears uh, do not always mean uh, that we are responding correctly, but our emotions um, not, are not what are leading us, but rather it's God who's causing us to draw with a contrition of heart before Him to say, Lord, You've spoken to me. Lord, this is me. These are the areas in my life that I need to work on, that I need to do better at, that I need reviving within. You see, when God's word was spoken and, and read, rather, and they heard it, they answered, they understood it, and they, they directly responded to God. And that conviction that God had placed them under was clearly seen uh, before the others who were around them. They, God had broken them of themselves. They realized it was nothing about them. Revivals taking place, and we see them now uh, acting upon God's word. In verse 10, the Bible says, Of their obedience, then he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fruit and drink the sweet, and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Uh, look down in verse 12, the Bible says, And all the people went their way to eat and to drink, and to send portions and to make great mirth because they had understood the words that were declared unto them. So we find they understood in verse 8, but now they understood to such an extent that they're acting upon it. They're doing it. They're obeying God as he's told them to do. Um, in verse 10, the Bible tells us of their joy. He, that, that wonderful phrase in, at the end of verse 10, For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Uh, God is now doing such a work in their life that have, as they're broken of self, now the joy of Christ, of serving Christ, of obeying Christ, is what they are being encouraged to let strengthen them, to help them to keep going. <laughs> that that um, joyfulness uh, that comes from Christ that enables us to, uh, to come from obeying God and putting that into action and saying, wow, look at what God has done. The joy of the Lord is your strength, encouraging us to go on. Uh, may God give us a joy in these revival meetings that would strengthen us, that would help us to be able to go forward. In verse 17, the Bible tells us in the end of the verse that there was great gladness. The response that was had of the children of Israel was that there was gladness within their heart. They had received God's word with such a willingness of heart and a joy of heart and knowing that as I'm putting it to action, there is great joy in serving the Lord. Isn't there jo great joy in serving Jesus? Amen. The, the wonderful privilege 
in serving the Lord. And this is, this is what these people are finding out. And again, I'm, I'm not going into such great depth. You'll have to go back and look at it yourself. But we find this revival taking place. And their humility we find in verse number 1 of chapter 9. That they, uh, they fast with sackcloth. And this, this sackcloth which they would put on. And the, the, the um, sitting in ashes and putting the dirt upon their head was a, much of a formal traditional thing. But it, it, was a, it was a way in which they were showing the, the a grief and a sorrow. And in this case, the grief and the sorrow which they are expressing is of the sin within their life. The Bible tells us they fast. There is a choice to keep from some things. They're fasting from those things. Um, fasting is not often something that we would think of uh, to be actively done today, but um, a true reviving and letting God revive us is being willing to fast even from some things. To stop doing something in order to have a greater concentration upon Christ. And um, the Bible tells us that they, they fasted with sackcloth. We see not just their humility, but their separation. The Bible says in verse 2 that the seed of Israel separated themselves from all the strangers. There was a clear difference between who, the, who was God's people and who was not. And uh, when God does a work in your life, there should be a clear difference of your choice to be sanctified for the Lord, to be separated from the world and unto God. They, they choose to separate themselves from all the strangers and they, they, they in their very being were already in obedience to the law. You know, putting into action of the law were already separated. And again, as we've talked about that matter of sanctification, God has sanctified us. He set us apart as holy, but we must choose to live the sanctified life. And so uh, the Bible tells us that they separated. There must be a separation and a readiness to separate from and their confession in verse 2, the Bible says, And the seed of Israel separated themselves from all the strangers and stood and confessed their sins and iniquities of their fathers. And they stood up in their place and read in the book of the law of the Lord their God one fourth part of the day and another fourth part. And they confessed and worshipped the Lord their God. And we find them bringing all their known sins to God. Confession to God is not just to happen uh, within the time of reviving, uh, but it is confession of our sins is to be continually throughout the Christian life as God would lay upon our lives, uh, on our hearts rather, to identify the sins that we need to remove of, that we would confess those before God. The Bible says if we would confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. It's not to say that God has not forgiven us already entirely for all of our sins, but we must come to the point of acknowledging of our sin before God. And uh, oh, while we find a reviving of the people, of the children of Israel, uh, you would have to go back and read the, the, the entirety of the book to, great, to gain an even greater context. But turn to chapter 13. We find uh, the, the children of Israel having been revived and being stirred and anticipating God's word. They're standing up. They're saying amen. God's doing a work in their life. They're confessing their sin. Uh, they're fasting. They're separating. They're, they're responding to God as he's spoken to them. But as you would continue to read in Nehemiah chapter 13, we find all of the commitments which they had made to God being 
thrown in the trash, more or less, being forgotten. In verse 4, the Bible says of chapter 13, And before this, Elishabib and the priest, having the oversight of the chamber of the house of our God, was allied unto Tobiah. We'll find one of the priests themselves having, not rather than a separation, but rather a wrong fellowship. You remember Tobiah and, um, uh, and his colleague, oh, starts with an S, it'll come back to me, um, Sanballat. And, and the, these two had tried to um, conflict the work of God and the building of these walls. And yet now we find them allying together with the children of Israel. In verse 10, the Bible says, And I perceived that the portions of the Levites, that is the priests, these are the Levites, had not been given to them for the Levites and the singers that did the work were fled. So now we find them not only having wrong fellowship, but they had a failure, failure to give their talents to God. In fact, those who were serving were nowhere to be found. They had all fled. The Bible says in verse number 15, In those days saw I in Judah some treading wine presses on the Sabbath. They had uh, now begun to even work on the Lord's day in, again, a direct disobedience to what God had done a work within their life about. You know, our response to God's word in this week can be, can be uh, really one of three different ways. We can, uh, we can respond to God's word, obey him and do all that he's called for us to do and put it into action and let ourselves be revived. We can step into this week of meetings and we can ignore it all and, and, uh, and have nothing to do with any of them. Or we can hear these meetings and we can let God work in our life, but by the following week, go right back into the very same life in which we were living before. You see, our response to God's word uh, must be, yes, as the people responded, Nehemiah chapter 8, but with a guard upon our heart that we would not fall right back into the very same sins that we were in before. You see, this, I think, is so much of the message of Nehemiah to help us to understand that God's people were a chosen people. They were to be separated uh, and, and set aside, distinctly seen as God's chosen people. Uh, they they uh, had been given the law to abide by, to obey, to live by. And yet, when letting God do a work in their life, they failed to put that guard before them. Uh, and th this is the warning, and yet in the same way, the challenge that I would give to you as your pastor as we approach these meetings. Uh, let yourself be prepared to receive what God would have for you. But on the very same side, um, commit. And when you make a decision before God, commit to follow through, to keep doing what you've made a decision before God about. We find uh, Sinbalat and, and Tobiah, the ones who sought to frustrate or to keep the work of these walls being built from going, their deceptive work it was one that was trying to keep, from the very beginning, trying to keep any revival from taking place. And I know I've said this to you before, but I can guarantee you if it hasn't already happened, there will be something that will try to distract you, that will try to keep you from being revived. And Satan knows exactly what the intended um, the intended result of these meetings is, and he will do all he can. He will do all he can to keep you from them. Would you commit? Uh, would you commit to be out for these meetings? And coming for these meetings, would you come with an anticipation of heart, a readiness to receive, and that when you would obey, that you would 
a let it be such a commitment before God and a asking before him, Lord, help me, strengthen me, enable me. The Bible tells us the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy that is found in serving Jesus should strengthen us, should cause us to keep doing more. If you'd read the book of Nehemiah, you would find that joy was being sought and found in other things. They were no longer finding a contended joy in serving Jesus alone, but yet they were finding themselves serving and doing other things. They're working on the Lord's Day. They're having fellowship with, uh, the, with the enemy. Uh, they are no, no longer doing the work within the house of God as they once were. And this uh, is, is, should serve to us as an example to understand that we're capable of doing the very same thing. I have, quite honestly, you know, we, I've got these next few, few years, if the Lord would allow us to tarry, if the Lord would tarry that long and the Lord would allow us to live that far along, these next few years I've got some different speakers lined up. Uh, but I, I tell you, seeing revivals, not just in Community Bible Church, but all across the country, and um, uh, the, the monotonous traditionalism that comes with them, I have prayerfully asked the Lord to maybe give us some freshness in our revival meetings. Maybe even taking a slightly different approach upon how we structure them. I don't know the answer, to be honest with you. I don't know exactly how. Um, for some uh, churches, they've you know, gone as far as cutting the whole week in half. I don't know that that's necessarily the answer. Um, but I will say that I, I think what has happened in every generation, there's been less and less of a desire for God to revive. And, and when these revival meetings come around, they become just another set of meetings. Just another preacher preaching from the Bible. And, and just another uh, week that I've had to work that much harder to get there. And uh, I've heard this preaching, but yet the following week, we continue just as normal. Um, I, I would ask that you would pray. If you haven't already started, pray that God would work in your heart during the, that week of meetings. Ask that God would give uh, Brother Clark the, the right messages for our church. Ask that God would break us of ourselves, would tear down our pride, draw us to a point of humility that we would be able to uh, fast, to put on sackcloth, so to speak, spiritually, that we would be able to separate ourselves unto the Lord, and that we would stay dedicated to Christ in every part of our life. Let's pray. Lord, we ask that you would help us to be prepared for these meetings in our heart, our mind, and our soul. Lord, I pray that you would uh, enable Brother Clark as he would bring the message. May you fill him with your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray for the longtime Christian who would be here for this week of meetings. 